Welcome to the latest episode of our podcast series for financial advisors. Today's episode is a special year-end industry update, 10 ways that 2020 will reshape wealth management in 2021. I'm Mindy Diamond, and this is Mindy Diamond on Independence. This podcast is available on our website, diamond-consultants.com, and on advisorhub.com, as well as Apple Podcasts and other major podcast platforms. If you are not already a subscriber and want to be notified of new show releases, please subscribe right on your favorite podcast platform or on the episode page of our website. And if you find the content in this series to be useful and know others who could benefit from it, feel free to share it widely. As I record this at the beginning of December, I find myself wondering where this year has gone. There are times when March and all that the COVID pandemic brought with it seems like a lifetime ago. Yet we're reminded daily that quarantines, remote working, and masks are still very much a part of our lives. But the end of 2020 is in sight, unprecedented year as it was, bizarre, uncertain, and hopeful all at once. And even more unprecedented is that through it all, most advisors report having the best years of their careers. No one could have predicted what 2020 had in store for us, least of all me, even as I wrote my annual year-end predictions piece at this time last year. At the end of 2019, I noted that the intersection of three forces, changing advisor sentiment, reshaped client expectations, and powerful retention efforts by the brokerage firms, laid the groundwork for a world where advisors had the upper hand. And I wondered at the time, if advisors would take that upper hand. That is, would they jump at the chance to regain control and shift the balance of power in their favor? The answer to that question, even with the craziness brought about by COVID, is a resounding yes. Advisors at all levels proved this year that they held all the cards and took control when they needed to most to ensure their clients were cared for in the best way possible in what was the worst of times. And ultimately, advisors who were unhappy with the status quo chose to move to where they felt that they and their clients would be better served. In fact, according to a recent report by Cerulli, despite the pandemic, persistent unemployment in other sectors and a roller coaster market, advisor movement has been incredibly robust this year. After a dip at the end of the first quarter, The second quarter finished off strong, and year-end predictions estimate that 9% of all advisors will change firms or models in 2020, representing the greatest amount of movement in the past decade. Even in the midst of a year, no one saw coming. And the winners in the recruiting race have been all over the map. To be sure, the independent space has captured its share of top advisor talent, but so have the wirehouses, J.P. Morgan Advisors, RBC and Stiefel, Rockefeller Capital Management, and First Republic Wealth Management. Still, many wonder why advisors would entertain a move during a pandemic. The reality is that work-from-home mandates gave advisors the time for self-reflection and the privacy to evaluate other options without interruption. And firms were successful 
in being able to demonstrate their value propositions effectively, even without the ability to host advisors in person for home office visits. But it was even more than that. The new lens through which advisors viewed their business lives opened their eyes to the fact that they desire freedom of choice more than anything, including whether they get to go to their office, meet with clients, sell bank products, and how they market themselves. This experience enabled advisors to see the truth that many knew all along, but were just too busy with the day-to-day running and moving right past it. Perhaps most notable this year was the fact that the wirehouses aggressively got back in the recruiting game, working hard to make up for the market share they've lost in the past five years, with the only exception being Merrill Lynch, which is instead focusing its recruiting efforts on next-gen talent for its Accelerated Growth and Community Markets program. But conversely, Morgan, UBS, and Wells are all in. Yet what's driving movement most is that advisors have come to view their businesses as businesses and as such are looking to build robust enterprises that have real value at the end of the day. And in response to this, the landscape has evolved right at their feet. There are now more turnkey models that offer advisors the ability to be independent business owners with varying degrees of ownership and support and plenty of capital options, including a host of investors for those looking to monetize and de-risk a move. And this new world of choice is good for all, advisors and clients alike, paving the way to personalize the client's experience and grow individual advisory businesses like never before. So all that said, there's a certain groundwork that's being laid for 10 new trends emerging in 2021. Here's what we expect. Number one, lots more movement. Whether it's because advisors will emerge from a post-COVID world with a new perspective or because their current firms frustrate them and push them to the brink, movement will be even more robust next year than it has been in 2020. Number two, Independence will remain a very popular option, particularly amongst top advisors. So as advisors demand more freedom and control, they will continue to vote with their feet and break away from traditional brokerages. And firms like Sanctuary and Dynasty and LPL really filled the gap that once prevented many entrepreneurial-minded advisors from making the leap to independence. These models like Sanctuary Dynasty and LPL and many others, allow advisors to grow their businesses scaffolded by a turnkey infrastructure, top-tier technology, M&A support, and access to transition capital. The phenomenon that we call supported independence is maturing rapidly and still has plenty of room to grow particularly as more and more advisors look for faster and easier pathways to independence. Thirdly, W-2 firms will unequivocally continue to pick up market share. Firms like Rockefeller Capital Management, First Republic Wealth Management, J.P. Morgan Advisors, and regional firms like RBC and Stiefel will continue to crush it. 
But it's the big brokerage firms that are coming back with a vengeance. Morgan, UBS, and Wells are kicking butt on many levels and are particularly attractive to advisors who are looking for a change but want to remain an employee model that is very familiar. And interestingly, Cerulli recently reported that wirehouse advisors are by far the most productive ones, averaging $175 million in assets per advisor. Why is that? They credit the firm's All of the firms drive in focusing on more affluent clients, plus large investments in technology to improve operational performance. And ultimately, big firms are leveraging the advantage of scale, and it seems to be working. Number four, generally speaking, Merrill Lynch advisors are the most unhappy out of all wirehouse advisors, and they will continue to change jerseys at a fast pace. In fact, Merrill has seen more attrition in 2019 and 2020 than Morgan and UBS combined. Push to sell bank products, the circumvention of advisors by bankers, increased prohibitions on meeting clients face-to-face or returning to their offices due to strict COVID protocols, each of these exacerbating a discontent that Merrill advisors had already been feeling. Plus, the question of whether Merrill will remain in the protocol for broker recruiting still looms in the background, with many advisors opting to move sooner rather than later to take advantage of a less risky transition process. Until Merrill shows signs of shifting its focus to better supporting its advisor force, we believe this attrition will likely continue. Fifth, recruiting deals will continue to be at high watermarks. Today, transition packages being offered to incent top advisor movement are at near high watermarks. We emphasize top because deals for multi-million dollar teams in growth mode are in the 300 to 350% range, sometimes even more, depending upon the firm. But most firms are only selectively interested in less productive advisors. Number six, many advisors have negative feelings about working for a bank, but they're embracing exceptions. One of the most common refrains from those at bank-owned firms is, I never want to work for a bank again. Ultimately, the entrepreneurial thinking of wealth management and the conservative mindset of bankers just don't mesh. And yet, despite the disconnect, many advisors are running toward bank-owned firms like First Republic, viewing it as different from other banks. Why is that? Well, First Republic offers the best of all worlds, the strength of a well-capitalized firm with a great reputation, plus a strong referral mechanism and robust lending capabilities layered on an entrepreneurial culture. But the cherry on top is the industry-leading transition packages they're offering. It's a combination that has attracted many top advisors and teams and is expected only to grow stronger in the coming year. Number seven is an increase in popularity of multi-channel firms. Raymond James, Wells Fargo, and Ameriprise had the market cornered on this construct, one where an advisor could join as a W-2 employee and easily migrate into independence. But today, firms like LPL, Commonwealth, and RBC have joined the ranks, and we anticipate more to follow suit. And the ranks we're referring to is offering advisors the choice of affiliation option. 
Plus, rumors this year that Goldman Sachs will be getting into the RAA custody space is a real shot across the bow. With Goldman playing in the space, we have to wonder what other big firms will be following suit in the future. Eight, younger advisors are migrating to independence much earlier than their predecessors. Unlike the generation of advisors past, the new gen of advisors has grown up in a world where the freedom to communicate via social media, to self-brand and differentiate themselves is just an expectation. So they're feeling handcuffed by the bureaucracy and heavy-handed compliance of brokerage firms and are looking for the freedom to serve their clients as they see fit while building equity for themselves. And with a longer runway to retirement, they will have a real opportunity to create enormous enterprise value and participate in an active M&A marketplace. Number nine, next-gen advisors will be more proactive in pushing their senior partners to consider options beyond their firm's retire-in-place sunset programs. As firms are working hard to retain their advisor force, the voice of the next-gen will be more impactful than ever before. These younger advisors are more concerned about being locked up for the next five to seven years with programs like Merrill CTP at UBS's Alpha, Morgan Stanley's FFAP, and the negative impact that that lack of optionality will have on their overall career development. These advisors will strive to become more educated consumers to go in with their eyes wide open, to get a clear understanding of what they're gaining and what they're giving up and how programs like these could impact their clients and the business overall. We anticipate that this will be one of the strongest trends we'll see in the coming year as more next-gen advisors push their retirement age partners to explore options outside of their firms. And finally, number 10, Work from home will continue to reshape the wealth management space as we know it. Even as of this recording, many advisors are still working from home. And while it was awkward for everyone at first, the majority of folks have shared that they didn't miss a beat. They were more productive and able to be in better contact with their clients. And they proved to be adaptable, recognizing that change wasn't necessarily a bad thing. They learned that even while their firms may have been good partners, they also realized that working more independently was a positive experience. And recognizing how self-sufficient they are, we expect this experience will continue to drive more advisors toward independence. So in a year that seemed fraught with bad news at many turns, I'm happy to share some good news for a change. And that for the wealth management industry, that there's a positive light ahead. It's that advisor movement has been strong and that overall advisors are reporting their best years ever. And for all that happened, the events of the year have helped many see their business lives in a new light and that they themselves are evolving positively for the new year. Ultimately, regardless of where advisors choose to practice, They will prize control more than anything and demand much more from their firms. And they've proven that they have the tenacity, the grit, the drive, and the courage to change where they practice if or when the status quo no longer serves them. 
2021 will enforce the feeling of independence for each and every advisor, even those at the big brokerage firms. Because at the end of the day, advisors have recognized their destiny is in their own hands. And it's the next gen that will likely be the real change makers in the coming year. So until next time, I thank you for listening. And I encourage you to visit our website, diamond-consultants.com and click on the tools and resources link for valuable content. You'll also find a link to subscribe for regular updates to the series. And if you're not a recipient of our weekly email, Perspectives for Advisors, click on the blog link to browse recent articles. These written pieces are an ideal way to stay informed about what's going on in the wealth management space without expending the energy that full-on exploration requires. Feel free to email or call me if you have specific questions. I can be reached at 908-879-1002 or by email at mdiamond at diamond-consultants.com. Please note that all requests are handled with complete discretion and confidentiality. And again, if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with a colleague who might benefit from its content. And a special thanks to AdvisorHub.com for sharing this podcast with their viewers and subscribers. This is Mindy Diamond on Independence. Independence.